Open-ended by definition means having no predetermined limit or boundary. This show's purpose is to get you closer to your dreams by sharing practical chats with people living theirs. We also throw in a bit of adventure, success, and well-being for good measure. I'm your host, Scott Bidmead, a journalist and entrepreneur from Australia, and we're in this together. Authenticity. It's a big word. It's a really important topic, and it's something that we all, we all struggle with, to be authentic and to not just show up as this polished self. So today we're chatting all about authenticity, the transformative power of travel, how to get through tough times and breakups. I've all been there. Fucking sucks. And uh, yeah, and heaps more in between. So we've been really busy interviewing people all around the world, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, experts, everything in between. I'm coming to Australia in a couple of weeks for a wedding and to do some work with Tony Robbins, which is cool. Just been hustling over here in, in America, interviewed... Morgan Freeman last week. I forgot to ask him what was the meaning of life. That's okay. <laughs> and just, yeah, really busy with Mead and obviously the podcast and just, yeah, getting it done. Please keep sending through your thoughts on the apps. What do you want to learn? Who do you want to learn from? Who do you want to have as a guest on the show? Slide into the DMs. It is always acceptable. And let us know. We're doing this show for you. We want you to take as much away as you possibly can into your life to achieve your dreams. Today, we've got Gabrielle Stone on the show. She's an LA-based actor, director, author. She really has had a full life, an exciting and interesting life, and there is so much we can take away from her story. So sit back, grab a bowl of pasta and a glass of wine, and enjoy. Gabrielle Stone, thank you so much for joining us today on Open Ended. We're really excited to have you here. Seems like you've been very busy. There's a lot happening. Um, How are you going? Coming straight from the bedroom today. Yeah, um, this is like my little go-to spot, so I'm happy to to join you from the comfort of my own home. <laughs> I love it. And you're in uh, you're in LA. Have you just got off the back of the book tour, or what's kind of happening with that? Have you been? I am the- in LA. It's been a pretty crazy summer. The book dropped two months ago, and it's been just like insanity with like press and the book release and just craziness. Um, I just got back from Hawaii. It was my one week of vacation this summer, so I. I still did a couple phone interviews and podcasts, but for the most part, it was like my my time away. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's important to still have that as much as you are hustling and making it happen. You've still got to make time to just put your feet up. And Hawaii is meant to be incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's it was amazing. And it was really nice to kind of rejuvenate. And I actually haven't been to Maui since... I had gotten engaged to my ex-husband and we all know how that turned out. And um, we actually, we went and did the road to Hana and I went to the same, this is the first time I've told this story. I haven't done press since I got back. Um, We went to the same waterfall that he proposed to me at, took the book with me and took like a couple pictures and did a video. And it was like such an epic way to close. Not that that chapter wasn't closed, but to like really like kind of put a pin in it yeah and it was, um, it was awesome a photo to with go the back finger, yeah. yeah is that right <laughs> yeah yes, yes. <laughs> i love that so to add a bit of a bit of context for that could you give us a bit of a background just quickly um i know it's a big thing it's a whole story but um about what books book, yeah what the book's about and what the story is and how this because this really that's a big moment like that really does symbolize yeah. a lot um yeah Yeah. So I was married for almost two years, found out my husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months. 
filed for divorce, left. Shortly after that, I met a man and we fell madly in love with each other. Had a whirlwind romance, you know, like meet my family. This is the woman I'm going to marry, blah, blah, blah. And convinced me to go on a month-long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on a plane, he told me he needed to go by himself. And I was absolutely devastated. He broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And I had a decision to make, and that was either stay at home and be heartbroken or go travel Europe for a month by myself. And I wasn't going to stay home and be heartbroken. So um, I took a backpack and literally zero plans and went and did seven countries in the span of a month all by myself. And wow. then wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And um, you talk, uh, you know, I've read, I've read most of the book so far, and it's been incredible, even just the start, like going back to the start of your story and your journey. There, you didn't have the most standard upbringing, like, you know, being babysit by A-list celebrities and stuff like yeah. that is pretty crazy. <laughs> and, then, and then you kind of went through a lot of hardship and resilience. How, how do you think that has shaped you as a person today, going through those kind of hardships from a young age? I mean, I think it completely shaped me. So I lost my dad when I was six, um, and it was my real first experience of two things, really. One, of feeling abandoned, and that that fear of abandonment would then, you know, be carried with me throughout my entire adult life. And that would show up in always needing a relationship and always wanting to have people around me and being afraid to be by myself. Um, and it was also a really good example of how to deal with things when stuff explodes in your life. Because mm -hmm. I watched my mom fly home from New Zealand, which as you know, is like a 24 hour plane ride. Um, do my dad's memorial, take care of me and then fly back with me to go finish a film that she was on. Um, so I had a really good example of how to deal with things when your life explodes out from under you, which was very much so my 2017. So I think a lot of the things that I've gone through in my life really prepared me for this journey that I went on and that year that I had and how mm. insane it all was. And what are, going through all of that kind of stuff, what are some of the bigger things that you learned or took away that you think people could adapt into their own life when they are going through tough times or struggles or heartbreak? Yeah. Um, my biggest thing that I wanted to learn on this trip was how to love myself. And everyone my whole life had been saying, you know, you got to learn how to love yourself first. And that's the most important thing. And I was sitting there going, okay, I'm ready to do that. Can someone explain how? <laughs> and um, so I was really searching for this answer of like how to go about loving myself. Luckily, by the end of this whole thing, I figured out how to do that and it really changed my life. I write about it. It's at the very end of the book. It's called The Self-Love Cocktail. Because obviously, I have to equate it to a cocktail. Um, and, uh, and it really is my way of... of giving someone a how-to on, on loving themselves because people think it's, you know, looking in the mirror and being like, I love you. And that's kind of crazy. It's, you know, when you're in a relationship, you're giving people love and you're showing them how you love them and you're actively doing things. So I try and break it down in a really simple way so that people can adopt that into their lives because it certainly changed mine when it finally clicked. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the ingredients of the old uh, self-love cocktail? 
Just well, like it's, a- di- it's, it's different for every person. So what I mm-hmm. tell people to do is sit down and write out a list of what makes your soul happy. So for me personally, that was going to the gym, eating well, meditating, dancing, creating, and then you commit to giving yourself things on that list every single day. And some days it'll be a stiffer cocktail, like a vodka martini, and you'll only be able to go to the gym and eat well, and that's it. And then down the road, once you get more comfortable doing it, you start adding in more ingredients and it becomes a more fun, fruity cocktail um, with like a, a splash of creating and a dash of meditating. And before you know it, you're feeling better because you're consistently showing up and giving yourself things that make your soul happy. And that's loving yourself. You literally just have to give your soul things that you love. And it, when it clicked, it was like, oh my God. Um, and now I have a self-love cocktail every day and it's really seriously changed my life. And it, it's an incredible tool to have. That's so good. And I love that it's an alcohol analogy. Like that's just right. I mean, come on. <laughs> not like it's going to be like the self-love fruit. I mean, who wants to, you know, <laughs> exactly. the fruit salad with a bit of vodka in it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about travel, I, like I personally believe that travel really is a tool for growth and you can use it if it's used the right way. Um, for exploration inside and out, all that kind of stuff. What do you think are some of the biggest things that we can get out of travel as a, as a tool for self-growth? I think everyone uh, should 100% go and do a solo trip at some point mm-hmm. in their life. I would have never done this if it didn't happen the way that it happened to me. Um, I would have gone with a girlfriend or a significant other or a family member, but I would have never just gone on that big and long of a trip by myself. Mm-hmm. And it literally changed my life. Um, you Not only do you meet people in such an authentic way because you don't care or have time to put the layers of BS that society tells you to put up when you're meeting people on. So you meet people in such like an authentic self way um, mm. as they do to you. And it's really, you connect with people so quickly and it's very different. Like the people you meet while you're traveling, it's a very different experience than when you're at home. And you get so much time to really look inward and figure out what you want and figure out what, you know, what you need and what, what things maybe come to the surface that you need to heal or adjust. And, um, it's a really incredible thing when you can go and like sit at a dinner in Rome and just like drink a bottle of wine, eat a plate of pasta and be totally fine. Like sitting at a table by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally, you know, your brain wants to judge you for that. And you think, Oh, this is weird. People are, you know, judging me for this. And it's such an incredible feeling when you can just like not care about it. And Definitely. it's travel is the best way to go wake up things mm-hmm. within your soul. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think as well, like, cause I did a similar kind of trip when I finished university, I went off and I, I did a part of the trip by myself, a part with friends um, and a part kind of with family sort of thing. And honestly, what sticks out, obviously I had great times, but like when you're by yourself, it takes away the crutch of having yeah. someone with you all the time. So then you do put yourself out there and then you can take that into your normal life. And it's not to say that you can't just go and have pasta and wine back home by yourself you can still do that you know what I mean and it kind of like it shows you that as a practice but I also think um that's not to say that like a mad party binge three weeks of getting drunk probably isn't going to help you in a (laughs) in a self-growth kind of way so it's kind of finding that 
Yeah. But I mean, people see when they read this book, I mean, I did all of it. I had yeah. days where I wanted to sit by myself and cry and reflect and write because I obviously wrote this book on my trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were days when I went out and met people and partied and got drunk. And like, it's all part of the process of like the ups and downs and the mistakes and the learning lessons. So I, I did it all. I mean, this book is very much so like a Netflix read. Like you feel like you're reading a Netflix show, but there's also a lot of healing and self-love and, mm-hmm. and a lot of great lessons. So I think that's why it's resonating with people. Yeah, definitely. And you talk about um, Netflix show. Uh, you're also a filmmaker, which is super cool. Have you got any ideas to turn it potentially into a show or what are you thinking in that space? Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're going to be pitching it as a limited series. A lot of people were like, oh, a movie. And I think it's just way too much to cram into one movie. I think it sits really well as like a 10 episode bingeable series. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to start pitching it as that. We'll see if, if it finds a home somewhere. It's in the early Love stages. It. And so talking about filmmaking, how did you kind of get your start into the industry? Because it is such a competitive industry and and, and so hard to crack into. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think because my my parents are actors and my mom's been in the business for over 40 years, um, that that's just a shoe in. And it's so not true. I wish it was. Um, But I... I kind of, I grew up on film sets with them. So I was very comfortable being in the industry in that way, but I didn't do my first project until I was 19. And then I was like, oh, okay. I really actually have a passion for this and want to do this. Um, And I didn't even really start taking it seriously until I was 21, 22. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when it kind of shifted and became a career choice. And then directing, I started two years ago and I just, uh, we just stars Amy Smart and Tamor Ghazi. My mom does a role in it as well, which was fun. And um, so I've really found a passion for the directing side as well. And now I kind of have all these different avenues to where at first for so many years, it was just acting. And now it's kind of acting, directing and author, which still sounds weird to me to say, but I have to get used to it, I guess. (laughs) Definitely. It's a cool title to have. You'll have a very long business card one day. Right. We're like the slash generation. Like we, we're not just one specialist anymore. We can slash. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I think an interesting thing about the filmmaking industry and a lot of people who are trying to break into it sort of thing, it's like, I almost think you have to identify what, why you want to do it. It's like the why behind the action as opposed oh, to absolutely. just, because yeah, like a lot of the time it's like, Oh, it's cool. I want to be the rock or I want to be famous. But it's like, is that, is that really something that can, push you and is it something that you should be driving or working towards you know what I mean or should you identify is it for you is it the creative process is it the being present and actually doing the thing that you're doing and being on a film set is that what you love like what has been the driving force that's pushed you to want to work in the industry yeah absolutely I mean I tell people all the time don't try and get into this business unless you really love it because it's not worth it unless you really, really love it. There's so many no's. There's so many like heartbreaks. There, it's very. It's not an easy business. Um, but if you love it and you're passionate about it, then when you are on set and when you are working, then it's worth it. Um, for me personally, I love being able to make people feel. Um, I think that's why with the book, I've been feeling so rewarded because it's connecting with people and it's like making them feel something. And that's what I do in my directing and my acting is, you know, whether it's telling a story or putting on a character, 
it's it's my job to make people that are that are viewing it feel something and be emotionally moved or triggered by that um whether it's to make them think about, about something or just feel joy or connect with like a sadness that they then need to you know go and sit with and heal um i think that's my driving force behind like the why mm, i like that and how did you get to the point where you realized that um i think it just kind of came naturally but I've always done a lot of emotional work um, and kind of like sat in the drama world. And, um, and it's, it, it's always about connecting to, to emotions. And for me, it's really helped heal some past things in my life. Like I've done roles where they've been very parallel to things that I've gone through in my past and mm -hmm. acting them out and putting that character on has really helped me grow and heal from certain situations that I've dealt with as well. Oh, it's interesting. So it's almost like a cathartic process yeah. where you're exposing yourself to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then going through it. Ah, interesting. Because I guess there's a lot of schools of thought with acting in terms of, are you a character, your Gabrielle is completely separate to the character and you're just playing that as a character or is it Gabrielle playing the lines and, and the scene itself? What's your kind of thought about that? Because I guess there's different elements of how far psychology I, comes into yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's different for each each actor. Um, I'm not method by any means, uh, but I do I do try and bring in either past experiences of my own or certain elements that I can relate to the character. I try and bring that in to keep them grounded and keep them real. Um, by no means, obviously, if I'm going to go play like a psycho murderer, obviously, like that's me putting on a character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but for the most part, a lot of the characters I play um, aren't too, too far of a stretch um, for me to connect with in some realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. So do you think that your uh, your variety of life experiences then helps you as as an actor? Oh, absolutely. Just like I mean, I've got this to draw and I can pull this in now. I've got yeah. this. And, and there's some actors I know that are like, oh, we don't go into our own well because that drudges up, you know, stuff. And But I'm like, I don't know if it's a glutton for punishment or like, I'm just like, no, I went through all that. Let me use it. Uh, but yeah, I'm always like, oh, you need me to cry? I got 50 things over here that I can think about. Oh, you need me to be heartbroken? Here, let me just tap into this real quick. Um, and that, again, I've, I've used that as ways to as means of therapy, as was the book, you know, like writing all of that out and, and getting all of it out from my heart onto a page. Like it really is a way of therapy. And I think any art form, if it's done the right way, is that for artists. Definitely. And I guess, yeah, like in psychology, journaling and writing down what you're going through is, is obviously a big thing. But I think the next step is then sharing that. And I think sharing that to the world in a book takes a lot of courage. And a lot of, yeah, confidence, self-confidence. How did you get to that point? And was there ever a point where you were like, man, I just can't share this. With, like, I, I can't put this out there. This is too, it's too personal um, and raw. So, so I knew I was going to write it the second I decided I was going on the trip by myself. Um, Javier, who's the, the guy who broke up with me before Europe, when what a classic he, name as well. I know. Well, it's a, it's a name <laughs> I created for him, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> when he, we had this big conversation and he dropped me off at home before the plane ride. And he was like, how are you feeling Gabs? And I was like, like, I'm about to go on a journey of eat, pray, 
F my life. And I was like, <laughs> like oh, and that's the title. Um, so I took a leather bound journal on my trip. I started writing the book the first day I was in London and it wasn't like I was journaling. Like if you open the journal next to the finished book, it's almost the same. Um, mm. it's like chapter one, but and, um, I knew that I wanted to write it. I knew that I wanted to release it. Of course there were moments of like, Oh my God, I'm going to get judged. Oh my God, I'm going to get sh slut shamed. Oh my God. Like, what are people going to think about this? Um, when my mom read it the first time, she was like, are you sure you want to put this in here? Or do you maybe want to change your name? And it ultimately, it was like, if I'm going to put this out and I want it to connect and help people and resonate with people, it has to be me. It has to be raw. It has to be real. Um, because we have too much fluff in, in so many aspects of our world. And I wanted to just really be like, look, this is what I went through. These were my mistakes. These were my wins, my highs, my lows here it all is. And this is what I learned from it. And I think that's why so many people have been really deeply connecting with it. Um, because it doesn't really hold anything back and it's just mm -hmm. real. And I think yeah. people need that in their lives. Definitely. I, yeah, honestly, it's something I see time and time again, whether it be on the podcast or listening to people like Kevin Hart or whoever it is, the people who really connect and people can really take something away from are the ones that are authentic. And they yeah. show the fact that everyone goes through the same experiences. It's not always polished. It's not the Instagram polished filtered version of life. It never is. No, <laughs> it's not. Like you could be sitting there just like going through some crap, but then you're scrolling through the filters of this perfectly perfect photo, putting it out there. It's like, there is definitely a disconnect. And I think people are starting to realize that more and more, but it's people who are driving that message who are really fighting the good fight, I think, in terms of, you know, well-being and all that kind of stuff for, yeah, yeah reducing social comparison and, and highlighting the fact that, yeah, everyone does go through the same, same kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's such a big problem with today. And when I went on this trip, I remember I thought I was going to like disconnect and kind of not post while I was on it. And when I was at the airport, I had Javier take a picture of me with my backpack <laughs> And I, I posted about my divorce for the first time and kind of like just let everything out on what I was going through and the fact that I fell in love and then got my heart broken and now I'm going on this trip by myself just to kind of like let everybody know and like have a clean slate about it. I hadn't announced my divorce yet. Mm -hmm. And um, I before I got on the plane, I got hundreds of messages from people like, oh my God, this was the most real thing I've read today. Thank you for sharing this. Like I needed to read this. Um, please keep sharing your journey. So I did. I, I shared a lot of my trip on social media and I made it a point to if I was feeling not great and like I was crying on and off all day and like really deep in my healing process and in my feelings, I would share a post that had that had words to do with that, mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't like some smiley Instagram photo. And I think it's really important that that people show up as their their authentic selves and like where they're actually at, um, on, on their social media, because it, it, it makes people feel like they're doing something wrong when everybody else's life comes off so perfect when nobody's is obviously. Um, yeah. so I think it really yeah. helps. It helps one another when we show up and be like, look, I had a really terrible day today. <laughs> um, and it's, it's important. And I think more people should do it. Definitely. Cause otherwise it's like you're, sh you're, sh you're comparing your, behind the scenes to someone's highlight reel and there'll always be a disconnect. Absolutely. In that. Yeah. 
because you see yeah. the reality of the world. Yeah, very nice. And what would you say are some of the uh, some advice that people could take for getting through tough times and building resilience um, as it happens? So obviously you've gone through a lot of these big things. You've had these experiences. What are some things that people can do? Obviously the self-love cocktail is massive, but what would you say is something that we can kind of think about in the moment when we are going through a tough time, when it feels like it's never going to end? Um, the Javier's are just like smashing your left, right and center. <laughs> what are some, some good advice for that? Um, so the best advice that I can give, and it sounds so silly at first, but everything really does happen for a reason. And if you can stay committed to that mindset, it's always going to give you some type of comfort while you're going through something. Um, obviously, sometimes you don't see that till way down the road, but I'm a walking example of that. I mean, when Javier told me he was going to go on the trip by himself, even in that moment, how heartbroken I was, I knew it was happening for a reason. Since I lost my dad when I was a little girl, I've been terrified to be by myself. That's been my biggest thing my whole life. I've always needed people around me, boyfriends, roommates, my mom, friends. Like I never wanted to be alone. And this was the universe going, well, we're going to go fix that head on right now. Mm. And, and I knew that I was going to come out a different person. And I truly did. Um, I mean, even dating back to being cheated on and getting a divorce, like if that hadn't have happened, I wouldn't have met Javier. I wouldn't have fallen in love. I wouldn't know what real love feels like. I wouldn't have been heartbroken, wouldn't have gone on this trip, wouldn't have written this book, wouldn't like have been able to share it with so many people that it's now connecting with. So I think if people can remember that no matter what they're going through, that it's happening for a reason and that when they are on the other side of it, they're going to look back and be like, oh my God, this is so much better than I could have ever imagined. It really does give us some type of comfort when we're navigating the really hard times. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's so good. I love it. And I think, and you've hit on so many good points as well. And I think the fact that you have, you identified what it is that you were struggling with, where it came from, which is obviously the dad situations, like that, but then you face it head on. And I think a lot of people in life, they might know what that thing is. They might know what they're struggling with, but then they'll shy away from it. And I think that's where you really do just have to take that leap and yeah face the fear head on. And then that's how you overcome it through the process of taking that leap. And that's kind of what you did. You've yeah, Absolutely. faced yeah, the, it, the fear it, and did it, it anyway. If there's anything in life that scares you, that probably means you should do it. <laughs> everyone was, everyone always asks me like, weren't you scared? And I was like, yeah, I was terrified, literally terrified. It was, I, I had traveled by myself before, but to go to a film set and meet people that were then going to take me, you know, to, to work, never really truly by myself. So it was really scary to know that I was going so far for so long. And, um, you do realize very quickly that you're never really alone, even when you're just with yourself. And that's a huge lesson to, mm -hmm. to be learned. Yeah. And I think it's important to have time by yourself, even if it's, at home, you're not like not traveling sort of thing. You need to have that time where you can reflect and understand what, what it is that you want and what you're doing and, and not always be around other people and have to oh, have comfort absolutely. of someone else talking and yeah. I, honestly, yeah. so I've up until now, I've always lived with either roommates or my mom when I was younger um, or a boyfriend or a husband and last October, I moved into my own place. And I'm like, Oh, my God, 
I never want to live with another person as long as I live. <laughs> this is like, this is magical. Um, yeah. And it's, it's been the best thing. I was like, why did I not do this sooner? Obviously, like, because of rent and stuff. But um, it's... Yeah, it is LA it's, after all. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's LA. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. But it's, it's amazing. You always need to, like, be able to have that time with yourself. Yeah, and you've got to carve that space. And I think even if you're in a relationship, you still need to have your own life. And you can be together, but you have to have separate lives together. And then... You know what I mean? Like keep those hobbies, keep those friendships, keep, keep that space free for yourself and for your own time, regardless of whether you're by yourself or with someone else. And I think that's a really important thing to remember in relationships and in life. Yeah, because you, that goes back to the self-love thing. It's like, you got to love yourself first. And mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of you and making sure that all of your stuff is healthy and in line, then how are you going to mesh that with somebody else? Yes, that is it. You've nailed it. That is it. <laughs> uh, so good. Thank you so much. And what? Uh, how can we find you and find the book and follow your story and your authenticity? Yeah, thank you. Um, so Eat, Pray, FML is available exclusively on Amazon in paperback and ebooks. You just go to Amazon, type in Eat, Pray, FML, and it'll pop up. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Gabrielle Stone, and the book is at Eat, Pray, FML. And if anyone picks up a copy, send me a picture, tag me. Um, I love hearing what people think. I'll share it on my page. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Incredible. What's the best food you had in Italy? Oh, my God, dude. That's such a difficult <laughs> question. In Italy. Okay. That's that's better than, like, the whole trip. Um, the whole book I'm just talking about, what I'm eating, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, in Italy. Italy, probably there was a um, one restaurant I went to by myself and got drunk on a bottle of wine and had the best pasta. It came in like a tin pan that they cooked it in, and it was oh. just like phenomenal. I like oh. feel like I'm gaining weight just talking about it, and it's epic. So good. <laughs> I'm hungry now. I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. You're Appreciate so it. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. So much we can take away from Gabrielle's story. Travel. Do things, step outside of your comfort zone, eat pasta, gnocchi is the best, forgot to mention that. And um, yeah, be authentic. I'll see you next time guys. Thanks again for joining us and follow us at open.ended.